0: Welcome to another episode of Odyssey and Muse. I'm John Jerko and this is a podcast where we explore adventure, creativity, and living life without a map. Every week we talk to filmmakers, adventure junkies, writers, musicians, vagabonds, people that veer off the beaten path. We dig into topics like how to execute ambitious projects, overcome extreme obstacles, and find the things that drive you. Find your true north. Hey everyone, we've got a great show this week. But first, I want to remind you to rate and review the show on iTunes. It really is the only way to get us featured on iTunes and gain new listeners. It only takes a minute, and you can go to odysseyandmuse.com review if you're not sure how to leave one. Also, I'm getting ready to start a weekly newsletter that will feature the most recent podcast episode along with some extras, so make sure to keep your eye out for that. Now for this week's episode with Bobby McCall. Bobby is a singer, songwriter, and musician from Las Vegas. He bought a guitar when he was 17 and has been focused on honing his skills and writing music ever since. After parting ways with the band The Ill Figures, he started the gritty rock trio The Dirty Hooks with bandmates Anthony Rado and Janine Cali. They made the decision to write and record the music that they wanted to hear, and in 2012, they released their debut album Electric Grit. In this conversation, we dig into Bobby's beginnings growing up in Las Vegas, his path to rock and roll, and his desire to leave a legacy with his work. We get into the formation of the Dirty Hooks, how to avoid the charlatans of the music industry, producing and releasing your own album, and some of Bobby's philosophies on creating great music and balancing work, life, and art. Remember to check out the Dirty Hooks on SoundCloud and Spotify. And if you really dig them, support your artists by purchasing their album. All right, let's get to it. All right, welcome to the show, Bobby. How you been doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing really well, man. I I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, where are you at right now? Are you out in Vegas?
1: Yes, I am. I'm at I'm actually at my house oh, cool. in, the,
0: in in the music room there. So Nice. Nice and sunny and hot as usual. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's actually
1: pretty nice right now. So, it's oh, great. too.
0: Not too hot. It's going to get hot real soon though. So. Yeah, summer's
1: coming. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty brutal out here.
0: Well, I I definitely want to dig into the Dirty Hooks. It's your rock trio along with Janine Cowley and Anthony Rado. Is that how you say their names? yes mm-hmm. okay but before we even get there let's let's just start with uh how you got into music kind of where you grew up are you from vegas originally i am yeah
1: i am from vegas i grew up here i'm one of the small percentage all of us are actually uh janine and anthony we're all grew up here so oh wow born and raised here yeah
0: did you guys know each other growing up or was it kind of later on
1: you know what? No, it was more of a music scene thing, you know, like met later on, yeah, uh, yeah. later in life, but we all, you know, Vegas is real small. So I mean, it's you know, he's got friends that I know, you know, kind of we've all got mutual friends that kind of grew up in those neighborhoods and stuff like that. Yeah, so exactly. it was re- really small, you know, in the 80s and <laughs> 90s. It's it's grown a lot. So it's it's getting a little bigger now, but I think I think we have about a million and a half people here now, but it was Okay. It was probably a third of that, maybe, you know, really? 10 20 years so it's, ago. It's yeah. Really it's really been
0: growing that much in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's, it's grown a lot, man. But it's
1: it's still, it's pretty, it's pretty small, you know, small world out here. So everybody kind of knows
0: everybody. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's kind of isolated from other cities by by a little bit. It is. Yeah. So what, what was it like growing up in Vegas? Because I feel like uh, for most people, it's just where they go for, you know, um, to party and <laughs> see shows and, and yeah. go gamble and stuff. So what, what's it like from the perspective of someone that grew up there? Do you, do you guys call each other townies like some people do in other towns?
1: <laughs> you know, locals, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, everybody kind of had a similar experience. I don't think, you know, when you grow up here, it's more of a – there's a lot of suburbs here. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, where, you know, where do you guys – you know you live in a hotel? What do you do out there? Yeah, and so, yeah. No, man, there's, there's a <laughs> – there's a lot of suburbs and stuff out here, you know, obviously and uh, a lot of middle-class kids that grew up out here, you know, parents that worked in the casino industry and construction. It's always been a growing, you know, place. It's always been one of the fastest kind of growing towns. So a lot of, a lot of blue collar workers, you know, kids that, you know, when you're younger man out here, nobody really had, it's, there wasn't a whole bunch, uh, you know, to do other than you know, skateboard and, and, you know,
0: yeah, that was, that was going to be my next question. What do you, what did you guys do growing up out there?
1: Sports and yeah, things, things like that. Yeah. Do, you know, do, you know, cause trouble, I guess. And, you know, go cat you know, catch lizards and things like that out here yeah. You know, when you're a kid, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there was no beach or anything like that, you know, no scene like that. But, uh,
0: did you do a lot of outdoors, doorsy things going out in like the red rocks and
1: Uh, yeah, here and there. Yeah, we did do that. You know, we're not far from like Utah and, and, you know, LA and stuff like that. It's not too, it's kind of a Vegas is, we're not, we're secluded, but we're not too far from a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So everybody kind of goes to, you know, four
0: hour drive. Well, there's what Zion, Zion national park out there, right? Which I haven't been to yet, but that's up
1: in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too far from here though. You know, yeah. Two hours away. You can pretty much
0: get to anything, you know? So, so. Did, were your parents from out there or did were they the ones that moved out? No, moved? they're from here, man. Yeah. Oh, my, wow. My parents, so you got generations of parents Vegas. grew
1: up out here. Yeah. We're one of the probably 10% of the locals out here. And then everyone else is kind of a, just a big melting pot from, you know, surrounding states, California and Colorado, yeah. Utah type stuff.
0: Many Midwesters out there? I feel like they're always trying to get out of the Midwest. I don't know, man. <laughs> Not really. My
1: wife's from the Midwest. She grew up out here, but. But, uh, she, you know, she would think she came out here when she was like five or something, yeah. but her family's Midwest. So we kind of, we head back there to tornado country. <laughs> usually, yeah, usually up. once, once a year, <laughs> we were out there last year at the same time. And, and, uh, we were at like a country bar and I think there were tornadoes touching down outside. Oh, wow. Yeah. It gets and, scary. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get scared out there though, man. They're not there. It's like, you know, they're I remember the first time, first time I went out there, Uh, Those sirens are going off and I was like, what is that? And they're like, oh, you know, that's just a tornado siren. I'm like, well, should we be like, you know, should we be be digging a trench right now or (laughs) hiding? And they're like, oh no, you know, we just, they're just pretty nonchalant about everything. Like it's a second nature to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Ohio, but uh, it's, we get some tornadoes, but it's not as bad as like tornado alley out that way. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think they're, they're, they're mostly from Tulsa and Broken Arrow out there. Yeah. So they're a little off the. They're not right in that tornado alley, but they're
0: close enough to they, get them.
1: Yeah, they get hit here and there. So cool. enough for me to not want to live there. Put it that <laughs> yeah. <way. laughs>
0: yeah, you don't have to deal with any of that stuff out in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I don't
1: mess with that. Just the heat.
0: Yeah. So how how did you get into music? Was it something that your parents were into, or something you just picked up?
1: Not at all, man. Yeah, it was more of a, you know, teenage kind of. Dream and angst thing, you know, you listen to music and you just wanted a, something, you sound,
0: you know, fun to do. What, what were some of the bands you were listening to back then?
1: Oh man, like, the, I mean, how long are we talking? Like, like the first time I remember really liking music.
0: Yeah. I mean, what, what I guess kind of got you into, into wanting to play? I'll be
1: honest. Like the one pivotal moment I remember just kind of being, uh, I think maybe like, I don't know, 12 or something like that. Uh, I remember there was uh, I think it was uh, at Freddie Mercury uh, died just died and they had like a tribute yeah. concert to him and I remember uh, you know they had all these stars like Elton John and Axl Rose and all these people come out I remember seeing Axl Rose and I'm thinking oh that's pretty cool man like that guy's that's pretty rad I kind of want to do that <laughs> so, so Guns <laughs> N' Roses honestly kind of kind of opened my eyes a little bit and then uh, Queen and uh yeah. Nirvana actually that was all like my junior high kind of era.
0: Yeah, so w- what's what started first? Did you get into singing, playing guitar, um what kind of brought you to music?
1: I think I bought a guitar. Yeah, I think I went to the the uh music shop out here and just thought, you know, I want to play guitar and me and my older brother, I think both kind of wanted to start playing, so I think when I was maybe 17, I kind of got into it late, you know. Yeah. So I wasn't one of those kids that was in band or orchestra or anything like that. I wish I was. Looking back, you know, I kind of wish that I had, yeah, yeah. you know, have that kind of foundation because it, it does help. It makes you a better musician. And I kind of wish that I, you know, back then you're like, oh, that's not cool, man. I don't want to play a violin.
0: <laughs> or the yeah. piano.
1: Now I wish, you know, that I had done that. But no. I wanted
0: to play the saxophone, but uh, my orthodontist told my mom that it would ruin my teeth. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that kept yeah. me out of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people start playing music, you know, for all the wrong reasons. You know, at first, you know, you're like to get girls and yeah. you know chicks and <laughs> and to you know be cool and shit like that. But uh, as
0: yeah, soon you find yeah. out it's a lot, of, way too much work just for that aspect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it takes a long time to be good at anything. Yeah. So,
1: but I was kind of that kid that was always, you know, kind of reclusive, not reclusive, but I, you know, I like to. I was always into art and uh, drawing and painting and things like that. And just kind of that kind of, you know, that was right up my alley. Music was to me, once I kind of, you know, discovered that, that's, that's all it took, you know, that was it. It's all she wrote kind of thing. You know what I mean? That
0: was all I wanted to do after that. So. You just kind of became completely obsessed with it at that point? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When did you start your first band? Was it shortly after you got your guitar?
1: No, no, it took a while. Actually, I, I, I was looking for, uh, you know, you, cause we're talking about, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, you mm-hmm. know, and, uh, just, you know, internet is kind of, I'm, I know, and I'm dating myself now, you know, making <laughs> myself sound old. But, uh, it's pre-email. You know, or... it, yeah. I mean, no, you had all that <laughs> stuff, but like, it's just, it wasn't like, there was no Facebook or yeah. even MySpace, So you're just kind of like, you put a flyer out at guitar center or something, you know, like, Hey you want to start a band, you know, type shit like that, you know, putting out a, a flyer. So that's true. That yeah, kind, you of kind of forget
0: about the days when you had to m- go out there and, uh, you know, put feet and on actually, the ground to find people.
1: <laughs> yeah. And actually flyer for a show and things like that. You know what I mean? So we kind of, when we first started playing music, we were, it was still that kind of deal before Facebook and everything else kind of took over. And that's how, you know, yeah. Social media is definitely everything yeah. now.
0: Was Was there a point in time when you kind of decided to make this sort of a, a thing that you wanted to pursue long term? Because I mean, you you did come to it kind of late, so it's it's easy to get to where life kind of takes over, and you know, yeah, that kind of happened to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I I think I think that's a struggle with a lot of people, especially a lot of the people we know, you know, out here in the music scene, cause you, you meet a lot of really good musicians and people that are super talented that you're like, man, how did that guy not, you know, make a living somehow in music? You know what I mean? And yeah. it's really hard to give up, you know, for a lot of people, cause you got people out here that are bartenders by at night. And then they're, you know, they go out and play music and, mm. you know, do their own, you know, they tour and do their thing and, uh, they're songwriters and in bands and, you know, when, what time do you quit and say, all right, I'm going to go back to college or I'm going to go back to this. And
0: yeah, exactly.
1: You know, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely, it's something that I wanted to do for sure. As a, you know, I, I wanted to be a rock star when I was, yeah yeah. <laughs> you know, <it> was <laughs> when I was in my, uh, you know, once I hit about 20, I was like, this is what we want to do. And then, and then our old band, um, we took it real serious and we tried really hard and, you know, unfortunately that didn't really happen for us, but what was the old band? uh i was actually in a band with anthony who's in our band now so mm. he's my you know my best friend that i've known him forever but we were in a band called the old figures for quite some time and we were when we first started out we were more of a punk kind of act and we kind of evolved into more of a screamo type, <laughs> type act and uh and we had a you know a couple other members and it was a shit show you know what I mean? Yeah. like we argued a lot and we tried to you know do our own thing and and put records out and tour and had a manager and the whole deal and that's what was that was our you know that was our goal to play music for a living but you know after a while you it's things you know people change and Mm. you know you start kind of second guessing why you're doing something and if it's really what you want to do, you know, the older you get, obviously, that you know, everybody changes. It's yeah, it's hard for five guys in a band to all evolve, you know, uh, artistically. You know what I mean? And, and be on the same page. And I think it got to a point where, especially me and Anthony, were more of a. Um, just didn't want to play that kind of music anymore <laughs> you know we just wanted to do our own thing yeah i kind of wanted to change it up exactly and, and just wanted to do something completely different and just
0: kind of kill that and move on and that's what we did man how many years were you guys together has that been
1: uh we were probably together for about six or seven years yeah that's a pretty good we, good life we gave continuum. it a good run yeah. out here and we did you know out in vegas you know we did we did really well i f- i feel in uh you know, we, we got out of town quite a bit and uh, and we were good. I'm not going to, you know, I thought we were a good band and I was proud of, proud of some of the things that we did. Yeah. But it's not, you get older and your influences change and, you know, and uh, you kind of go back to more, you know, your, your original influences when you started listening to music and things like that. And I think that's the main, you just want to put out music that you like and hope that everyone else likes it, you know what I mean? Other than trying to sound like, you know, this band or that band, which I think a lot of people get confused when they're younger, you know what I mean? Like, you know, this band's on the radio, and that's who I want to sound like, and that's that's what I want to do. I'm going to be a band like that. And uh, after a while, you kind of realize that that doesn't work, and that doesn't, you know, it's
0: not really, you're not really contributing. Yeah, you kind of have to find your own voice at some point. Yeah,
1: you need to find your own voice, and I know that it's hard because you know everybody's influence is going to come out of their music in their music you know what i mean but you know if there's any advice i could give to any young musician (laughs) i would say be as weird as you can uh and uh try to have some hooks in there and you know that's (laughs) yeah and uh you know and and do something that you really really love and put all your heart and soul in it and if people dig it, then that's awesome. That's icing on the cake. And if they don't, then oh well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's basically you There's you can't chase a record deal. You can't chase a style that's that's relevant right now. You know what I mean? Because by the time you might get to where you need to be, that style's already
0: dead. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. so it's, once it's relevant, it's already almost too yeah,
1: late. Yeah, it's it's like buying stock on the stock market. Hey, yeah. the stock's going to Let's buy. You know, it's
0: and it's yeah and you know, what are you playing music
1: for? Are you trying to chase a record deal? Or are you just trying to put it? And I'm at the point now to where that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not, I'm trying to put out music for me, you know, and what we like and hope that other people, you know, can relate to it and enjoy it and dig it. You know what I mean? And and put it out with, you know, our heart and our soul in in it, you know, just not just slap some shit together and throw it out there. This is, this is, uh, it means a lot to us. And, uh, we take it serious and it's, you know, it's definitely a thing. So
0: let's just jump into it with, uh, the dirty, the dirty hooks, how it kind of came about. Um, it sounds like you and Anthony kind of decided to split off and do your separate thing. How did you get Janine involved? And,
1: well, I think originally me and, you know, you, you, we kind of did the whole, what we mean you were just talking about earlier about the whole growing up crossroads, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm in my, you know, late twenties or mid late 20 what am I gonna do now? You know, I didn't I thought I was gonna do this and that didn't work out. So I think life took over for a minute, you know, I had my little girl and uh and I think we took a year or two off, me and aunt and then yeah. uh we we've always been friend best friends and stuff like that. But then we were like, you know what, let's just start doing some singer songwriter stuff and you know, writing to some maybe some beats and uh kind of, you know, drum pad stuff like MP three or uh NPC type stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, he, he had a yeah, he had like a a sampler and things like that. So we were trying to make stuff at home. Uh, I went and took like a Pro Tools class uh, out in San Diego and tried to you know learn a few things there. Right. So we were just we we're just trying to record a home, you know what I mean? Because
0: and and uh, yeah, I mean all the tools are there now to do it do it yourself to some, to right. some degree. And
1: so. at, at that point, I don't think it was like, hey man, let's do like you know we didn't we weren't on that same. Uh, path that we were before. It was more like, let's just make music that we really love and let's, yeah. let's put it out there and maybe perform out here in Vegas and do our thing. And then, uh, after doing it for maybe a year, just kind of throwing ideas around. Um, Anthony had mentioned Janine because we, we knew Janine from, from the past in her old band, which was the day after. And they were, uh, like an alternative kind of rock band mm-hmm. that were signed to a, to a small label. And uh, they toured a lot and things like that. And uh, Janine actually played guitar and sang in that band. She was the front woman of that oh, band, wow. and, so we all knew who she was. We we had played with her, you know. Before, like I said, it's a small town in here, yeah, so yeah. Spe- especially the music scene. Everybody knows everybody out here. So, but uh, Anthony had mentioned that I think that their band had kind of run its course, kind of like ours had. And uh, I think he got to drinking with Janine and just talking, and they were talking about how. She's a, actually a drummer and, and went to school for drums, <laughs> which <laughs> we, we had no idea. Yeah, we were like, oh wow, <laughs> you should come over to the house and you know let's 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 write. You know, come over and write with us. And uh, and she kind of like you know threw the idea around and uh, we bugged her a little bit and then she finally came over, man. And we kind of started playing at Anthony's house a little bit and uh, started writing songs like immediately.
0: It was really cool. So it just kind of clicked right off the bat. It did. It really did. And it it always amazes me when there's someone playing the drums and pulling off great vocals at the same time because it's it's just such a physical thing, you know. Yeah,
1: it, I thought the same thing. You know, I was like, "Well, can she sing when she does it?" You know, and he was like, "Yeah, because she's a great singer," you know. And then we're like, "Well, who's gonna sing this band?" I'm like, "Well, we'll all sing," you know, whatever it takes to, you know, we'll just we'll write the best music we can and stuff that we like and see how it goes. So, yeah. and Janine Janine honestly is. A incredible drummer like she's she's a better drummer than she is a guitar player and she was a guitar player all these years you know like yeah. in this other band so uh she's probably the best musician in the band <laughs> as far as as far as on her instrument man yeah you know? so she's uh all yeah, around. she's yeah she's a secret weapon kind of in her band there so
0: <laughs> yeah maybe talk about your sound a little bit i know it's always kind of weird like comparing yourself to other groups and things like that but i feel like to some degree it it's Kind of necessary just to give people an idea if they haven't heard it, which I mean, uh-huh. the, b- the best way is always just to listen to it, <laughs> but sometimes right. you got to convince them. So, I mean, I, I I think just from the guitars and stuff, a little bit, Jack White, kind of the Kills, mm-hmm. Queens of the Stone Age, Audio Slave, yeah. a little bit in that, um, that kind that of vein, play. yeah, that vein. And but I mean, you guys also have some amazing harmonies too that are kind of unique to that style of rock
1: absolutely man i mean it, there's going to be like i said it, as far as influences you know nobody wants to sound like anyone else i think that's one of the hardest thing to you
0: know do is kind of
1: you know to to be different than your influence yeah that's kind of the goal uh, is to
0: separate yourself in some way to be original yeah <laughs> but it,
1: it, it's all going to poke out a little bit and, yeah
0: you know some of the, some of the names you you said are obviously definitely
1: uh influences you know as far as you know i've always been a huge beatles fan just so yeah. Ant, rolling stones a lot of a lot of stuff from the 60s you know C- credence clearwater revival the band you know Jimi hendrick we're all huge Jimi Hendrix fans even janine uh-huh. um just you know david allen Coe, some yeah you know, like all, the, all the outlaw country guys and and uh you know like waylon david allen Coe and you know john cash all those guys are big fans of those guys and Nirvana grew up on all that stuff you know and and a lot of punk rock a lot of old school punk punk music yeah um
0: you know but uh was there any conscious decision on on tweaking your sound or was it just kind of what came out when you guys decided to just do what felt right at the moment
1: yeah I think it was just more of what you know what we were listening you know let's try and just let's just write some music that we like, yeah. you know, that's all. <laughs> we were at that point, like I said, we weren't, there was no master plan. Like, let's play this type of music and let's try to get a record deal. I don't think that that's even ever been a plan of ours was to do that. We were more like, let's let's write a great album and let's get some records pressed and, you know, let's do this. Yeah, and try I, to...
0: I think you mentioned in another interview that you guys decided to write an album before you even performed as the dirty hooks
1: Is yeah we yeah we did because um a lot of you know all our other bands especially you're, you 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 know when you're in a band i feel like you're you're always trying new stuff when you're playing locally and i feel like if you start playing out that's kind of it always your album gets put on the back burner and you don't have as much time to write you kind of put your name out there and then you're trying to play catch up the whole time so yeah. we were like let's just like write something Like, let's put an actual album together that we love and and put our, you know, everything we have into it and make it the best that we can. Something that we're proud of and, you know, and uh, put that out first. And then we'll kind of like, you know, a band on a larger scale would do. Then you're going to tour, you know, you're going to play shows, play out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then introduce newer songs later on down the road. But
0: uh, was there kind of an aha moment while you guys were recording or writing and recording that you guys are y- like what? man this is really going to work
1: <laughs> there was actually we we recorded at my house i had a you know a home studio built in my like i put something together in my old house and uh, we recorded there on pro tools at home and uh yeah because you still don't know how everyone really is as a musician, I mean, Mm -hmm. everything sounds good when you're playing music live, you know? Yeah. Crank it up and just rock out. (laughs) Exactly. There's distortion and everybody's like, oh, this is awesome. But when you really start listening to recording and break it down and you see what your friend's playing on guitar or drums or whatever, you're like, wow, like that's so much more intricate or better than I could have come up with. And, and there were a couple of moments like that. I have played with Anthony so long that I know him inside Mm -hmm. and out, but there were a couple with Janine that that uh, I definitely was like, wow, she's she's better than I thought she was type thing, you know. And and uh, I've never sang with another singer, you know, that that uh, like vocalist really. Yeah. My other band, I was just the the front man of that band, and she was hers. So it's, it was a whole new kind of wow. Now we got these harmonies we can work with. And
0: yeah, and you guys really share the the lead vocal spot. I feel like You kind of go back yeah. and forth and harmonize each other.
1: Exactly, and that's you know I like that that uh, kind of dynamic there. I think it it makes us hopefully a little bit different than the next
0: guy. Yeah. Know? Did you guys record at your your own little studio um, in the long run, or did you end up going and working with someone else? I mean, you guys have like I just feel like the album is really cohesive, and it feels like everything just fits together really well.
1: We yeah we recorded that whole album at our our home studio on pro tools and then we took it to a studio here in town yeah and we had it mixed uh by a guy named kane Cherko, uh and he did a real good job for us so we we basically tracked everything at our house and that's just wow that's (laughs) all that's all for you know for punk rock reasons of you know being a, a broke musician and yeah, not having, yeah. you know, 10, 15 grand to go drop in a studio, especially tracking when you're tracking. That's what's really costing you yeah, money. Exactly. Cause you better, you better get it right. So we were like, Hey man, let's take our time. There's no, there's no rush. We'll do this a hundred times. We'll do whatever we got to do at home, get it right. And there were a lot of nights where, you know, we're, you know, I was up at two, three in the morning playing <laughs> keyboards and, you know, layering and doing stuff like that. And, uh, and you know you don't have someone breathing down your neck. You're not looking at the clock and looking at your wallet. You know you're just like you're just being creative. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not you're not worrying about that. So that that I think is a big part of maybe the reason it sounds the way it does. And then like I said, when we go and mix it, uh, that's them just polishing it up. Yeah, and, exactly. And and Kane did a real good job with that. So.
0: I feel like that Pro Tools class really paid off in the long run. Then, <laughs> you know what,
1: man? I don't. <laughs> I only took the one-on-one class, so I barely know how to. I know how to hit record. That's about it. And,
0: it worked, you guys. Thanks, you guys. Made it happen. No, I
1: know. I know a little bit. I, we've, we've got friends that that I've uh, got a buddy, Don Hartley, who he usually comes over and gets us set up. He's a guy who's he's a, a local musician that's yeah. been playing in, in good bands for years and years, and he's worked in numerous studios and he's kind of a he's kind of one of those tech geek guys you know Mm -hmm. one of the coolest guys on the planet and uh he's super super smart so he kind of he always every time we're kind of tracking at the house i usually have him come over and just get me set up because he knows his shit a lot better than i do and then we kind of take it from there yeah yeah so but shout out to don he's (laughs) he's he's helped out a lot too he's a good guy cool
0: uh, how do you guys kind of split the the work for the band? I mean, it, is it pretty even in terms of writing and um, recording? I mean, you guys, you play, do you play a bass at all or is it just the baritone guitar, which is kind
1: yeah, of... Yeah, it's just the baritone. I'm not a bass player, you know. Yeah. I, this is actually a, it's a bass six that I play, which is a, a Fender instrument, which is kind of the original electric bass uh, before they made the, you know, like the jazz bass or the P bass mm-hmm. and had all that stuff. So like, if you listen to early, really early recordings, like, you know, like cream, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, that's, they're, they're playing the, the you know, the, the, uh, basics the, the Beatles played the basics, like on the white album, mm-hmm. you know, and it was more of a easier, like, I, you know, I read some, uh, articles that that's what, uh, John and uh, George would play because it's it's a little more translates a little easier to a guitar player.
0: Yeah, exactly. As far as you know what I mean, when the they were writing, they
1: were yeah, they wanted to put bass lines down on the tracks that they wrote. Uh, that's kind of what they used, and I kind of read up on a little bit, and I thought that that might be something uh, cool. You know, I'd never really, I never really was a bass player. I was more of a guitar player, and I thought that 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 might fill that that void in our band. Yeah. <laughs> and me and Ant were like, well, who's going to play bass? You know, well, it's not going to be me. Well, it's not going
0: to be me. <laughs> <laughs> like we're both guitar but, players. Uh, yeah. That.
1: <laughs> and you know, originally I kind of thought it'd be cool to, you know, do like some sort of bass amp, uh, guitar amp and bass amp type, you know, uh, AB switch thing. And yeah. Try see if I could play a guitar through and, and do something that just to get some kind of different sounds and, and, uh, use pedals and effects because we're uh-huh. kind of effects junkies over here too. But uh, that's what we ended up, I ended up kind of buying, and that's kind of what we've, you know, we've rolled with since the beginning in this, you know, crew. So. Yeah.
0: What, what are your, some of your favorite effects? I feel, do you guys use the uh, the whammy pedal at all, or do you have something that gives it that similar sound? Cause I...
1: uh, Anthony has a pitch shifter that he uses. Yeah, we're pretty, we're, we're gear nerds. As far as effects pedals and, and things like that, you know, uh we're we we got a lot of fuzz pedals and uh collection and uh Anthony's got uh all kind of vintage stuff <laughs> that he goes and buy. He's he doesn't stop buying. I'm pretty set up on my end, I think. I don't Yeah.
0: You kind of addicted I mean? to it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, the the main pedal I have that's that uh it's pretty rad that I kind of, if I don't have it, I feel, I feel awkward, but it is a deep impact. It's a, it's an Akai pedal. Okay. So it's, it's basically a, like a bass synth pedal.
0: Oh, nice. So does it actually like, uh, get, tone it down a little bit or is... it's, uh,
1: no, it's actually, it's really, it, it sounds pretty synthy. Okay. Kind of a, got kind of it like a synthy distortion to it, yeah which I kind of like, because I feel like it doesn't sound like anything else. So I try to, incorporate that as much as I can and it's kind of a discontinued thing which always makes me makes it more exciting you know nobody nobody has it check Check this thing out (laughs) yeah apparently the guy the cat from the muse plays plays one so everybody wants to sound like him but uh uh, but yeah that's one that I that I play I got my big muff and my pog electro harmonics those are my three kind of go-to kind of yeah exactly anthony's got an arsenal he's got about 30 pedals that you know he's got a bunch of audio spaghetti and wires coming out of <laughs> so it takes him a lot longer to set up than yeah that. i was gonna say but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we're kind of gear nerds when it comes to vintage gear and, ner- and uh pedals and, and uh, guitars and things yeah. like that so
0: yeah i mean i think it definitely has given you guys a unique sound which which kind of helps separate you again from everyone else
1: well well, being a three-piece is hard too because you know it's it's hard to sound big when you're there's only three of you You know what i mean so we wait we bought a roland uh like a midi foot pedal so there's parts that we can play keys with our feet you know kind of the the giddy lee uh uh, (laughs) you know (laughs) method so there's a couple songs we'll you know hit the key keys with the foot and stuff like that and try to try to Fill in the fill out the, the live performances, the cracks, yeah. yeah. To because to, when you you know you, you make a recording and you put all the bells and whistles in there and you try to be as creative as you can, then you try to you know fill it in live the best that you can as well. So
0: yeah, definitely. I think I was asking you earlier, but how do you guys split up the the writing part of it? Uh, is it kind of just you know whatever whoever comes up with something, you just kind of roll with it and build off of that? Or?
1: Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much like that. So usually come with a chorus or a little, it it usually starts with lyrics though. You know what I mean? It's usually, Hey, what about this little chorus thing? And, um, I usually bring some lyrics or something to, to Janine and Aunt, And then if they, if they kind of like it, then we, we usually try to build off it. Mm-hmm. see what we can't come up with together. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and if they don't, I'll know, I know right away. <laughs> yeah, so just yeah. <laughs> kind of move on. And I trust their, you know, their, their, uh, I trust, uh, you know, their taste, their musical taste. So we, you know, we all have the same taste of music, but we also have other, you know, our own guilty pleasures and things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we all have our same influence that we all really love and and uh, we also have our own stuff. So I, I feel like um, if they don't like something, then maybe I'm, maybe it's too cheese or something. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I just keep it moving and I'll, you know, kind of bring something else to the table. And then when we're all on the same page and everybody's kind of, kind of d- filling it, then that's usually when we, you know, finish
0: something. Yeah, exactly. What what about the name? Sometimes I feel like naming is harder than actually, you know, going through <laughs> and putting together the, the complete project. But, uh, <laughs> Maybe the the name of the Dirty Hooks, how that came about, and then Electric Grit for the album.
1: I think that was just kind of. I don't think there was anything
0: special other yeah. than just trying to
1: trying to describe the sound we wanted to be a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just uh. Just kind of a garagey fuzz tone, fuzz driven. Yeah. You know, uh, dirty rock band. You know. So,
0: cool. was there any like arguing over it or did it kind of just no, not come, really. come together pretty kinda, easily? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, we were just kind of throwing things around early on and that kind of stuck
1: and that, you know, we never changed it. So, yeah, I, th- I think there was a time early on where we were like, oh, you know, we were really trying hard to think and then we we're like, we're thinking too much. And I think some of the names were not as cool. So, we <laughs> roll with it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs>
0: So, Electric Grit, it uh, ended up being voted Best Local Album of 2012 by Vegas 7 Magazine, and uh, Listen Up Manchester mentioned it in the top 10 uh, favorite albums in 2013, along with some pretty big albums like Queens of the Stone Ages, like Clockwork, and David Bowie's The Next Day. Um, what what was the release of that album like? Because you guys haven't played out beforehand mm-hmm. as the Dirty as the Dirty Hooks um, what, right. what kind of was your strategy if you had one or did you just have like a put together an event and kind of just get it out there and...
1: uh, I mean we we no we had a kind of a first show type uh, you know first uh, first show that was more of a like an album release type thing that we tried to put together yeah and I think we got a lot of the old friends and people from the scene out of the woodwork to kind of check us out I know they knew that we were kind of putting something together, together. yeah because yeah, like i say everybody knows everybody out here so i think they people kind of knew about us you know especially via facebook and us talking about it and now we're in the studio and this is our new project and you know kind of tried to build up a, a first big show and kind of get out there and then after that it was just kind of hit the music scene out here and and uh get our name out yeah you know? and we got lucky with that with uh, seven kind of picked that up and they're real cool to us and, and, uh, that definitely helped cause that was right out the gate. They kind of wrote that. I think we maybe had that album out maybe three months. It was towards the end of the year and they did that. And I think that kind of, you know, it definitely, the listeners yeah, definitely definitely gave us a little more momentum right off the bat. And I, I appreciate that them doing that, you know?
0: Yeah. What, what was that first concert? Like, do you remember? I mean, was it mostly friends hanging out there or yeah, how did they receive more, it?
1: Yeah. It was more of a, of a, local spot out here that a lot of us a lot of the old school musicians out here and stuff kind of go and it's it was kind of a get your feet wet type place that you know bar that a lot of times we play shows out here it's one of the bars that we used to go to to hang out afterwards you know it's kind of the after party place so that's where we we knew that uh, it'd be a cool spot to kind of test the waters and 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 get out there so
0: what what is the scene like out there i mean everyone thinks of the strip with the casinos and everything but are there quite a few just like regular bars and venues for live rock and other music out there?
1: Uh, it's the the scene is really weird out here. I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you. I'm not gonna, (laughs) I'm going to try hard not to sound like an asshole, but it's, 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 it's it's been, it's definitely been up and down. Uh, when I first, um, kind of was exposed to it, you know, earlier on, uh, it was really cool. Uh, I want to say like late nineties, early two thousands. It was, there was a, a, a place called the Boston where just everyone went and it was just a hub in the middle of town, local hub that just everybody went. So every weekend there's, you know, two, 300 plus people. Nice. And, uh, it was, it was a really cool spot. And I felt like that was when the scene was really kind of flourishing. Like I say, that's pre Facebook and everything, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's old school. But then, uh, felt like it kind of died down that place shut down it's always been it's always been really hard for all ages venues and things like that out in vegas because there's absolutely no money in it you know so and and that's excuse me that's where uh you know a lot of your fans and people that are really into music are you know teenagers under 21 and things like that so anytime and like an all ages type venue would open it would always struggle you know, we'd, we'd play shows and, mm. and uh, kids didn't, like I said, when we were younger there, I mean, there really wasn't shit to do <laughs> as far as places to go like that. Just cause everything, there's a bar in every corner with, with gaming, you know, that has video poker and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they have a liquor license and things like that. So kids had to find other shit to do, you know, but, um, once you're 21, there's everything in the world to do out here. You know what I mean? There's, you know, $2 buffets and free shows. And, you know, I think think there's a lot of distractions out here. So I think that this, that kind of hurts the scene for, you know, the 20 something crowd, once you kind of are of age, because there's so much, there's so many more options out here.
0: Yeah. A lot of people just get involved in
1: the nightlife. You (laughs) you can do anything out here. And I I feel like, you know, where you go to somewhere like rural Kansas, uh, where the scene is just flourishing and super you know, uh, a lot of camaraderie and just, you know, shows are big and things like that. You know, we've played in some, some podunk places, man. And just, we're just, our minds were blown at how yeah. many people showed up. And I think it's because there ain't a whole lot to do out there, you know, even when you're in your twenties. So it's, it's, uh, I think Vegas is kind of that double edged sword that way. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, but, uh, the scene is very small as far as folks that grew up here local musicians and everybody does
0: kind of know everybody do you um, feel like you get an influx of many people from outside that are moving there to kind of be a part of that scene
1: i don't think so no yeah. i don't think i don't think it, I, i've met some people that are from uh, smaller towns and other places that were like oh yeah and actually matter of fact i met a bartender not too long ago we were talking to him and I can't remember where he was from, but he came out here. Yeah. You know, I want to make it music. And this, i kind of was like, well, you came to the wrong spot. man." What are you doing here? You should should have kept, yeah. You should have kept heading West, should have kept Westbound (laughs) a little more or, or, you know, Southbound, I guess. But, uh, cause it's, the scene is very odd as far as far as getting discovered here. And you know, those kind of people just aren't out here, you know? Mm -hmm. So you take bands that have made it out of here. It's usually via the internet you know, yeah. or, uh, you know, you got the killers and uh panic at the disco and those yeah, bands of yeah. all, that was all a, kind of an internet discovery. You know, it wasn't like, you know, Rick Rubin isn't hanging out at the, you know, at Binion, <laughs> at Binion's. Yeah, there's no music
0: agents really. Yeah.
1: He's not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not, uh, he's not hanging out at, uh, you know, the Plaza hotel looking for talent. So, yeah you know, unless you're playing out of town, or you're, you know, now the internet is such a big part of music, I feel like, you know.
0: Yeah, speaking of that, I'd like to get into that a little bit more in terms of maybe your release, and did you, did you guys build up kind of a web presence before you released the album um, in anticipation, or was it a little bit more after, because I feel like you're on just about every platform, which, you know, even LinkedIn, I was like, LinkedIn, you guys have like 500 plus connections, which is like the most it shows, so. I was yeah, kind that's. Of surprised.
1: <laughs> that, I think that's something we did early on, just yeah. to get get our name out there, and you know, social media, like I said, it's such a big part now. If you're going to be any kind of artist or musician, whatever, you know, if you're going to try to put your name out there, you have to be involved with that stuff. So, um, yeah, it is something we did kind of put together and and uh, throw some media out there so people can, you know, hear our stuff.
0: Was there any one platform that you feel like kind of helped get you out there the most or was it just kind of the total whole of everything? I
1: don't know, man. We did the whole SoundCloud and Spotify yeah. and we put a lot of stuff out there for free. Cause like I said, it was more, you know, we're not trying to make money off our album. We're not really doing all that. We're more just trying to get our art out there. And, uh, and I think that did help. I think, uh, I think you said you heard us on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah Actually like okay, uh, so, my friend
0: Angela Kerfoot lives well, there, out there. And, there you go. Yep, so, yeah, through I, her SoundCloud okay. account, I think I found you guys. I was like, man, these <laughs> these guys rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think anything you, you throw out there, you know, is at least if it's uh, if it can help, yeah. So yeah, And definitely. I like Angie. She's definitely uh she's definitely a creative person. We yeah, played with her. She's in her working world.
0: it all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I like her a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh did you I, I see that you guys played a lot of festivals out there. Is that kind of a thing in the Vegas area? Are there a lot of different music related festivals or entertainment festivals that you guys try to get connected uh, with?
1: It's, it's, uh, it, I think it's picked up in the last maybe five, six, seven years. It seems like they had that Vegas was the first kind of attempt to have, um, other, other than, uh, like Warp Tour would come through here, you know, that yeah. whole and thing. And, uh, we did have Lollapalooza back in the day, I think once. <laughs> Vegas is usually not, pe- you know, people's first stop. Yeah. But yeah. Now, now, I think it's it it is kind of become more of a, you know, a destination that that uh, music, you know, art. More and more artists are coming here, yeah. which is awesome for us. You know what I mean? I'm. I wish it was like that when we were younger. You know, because there were a lot of bands I wish I had seen uh yeah, you, you know what I mean Drive like the, 5 hours to get to them <laughs> in the late 90s yeah i wish there were bands we could have seen when we were teenagers and stuff like that but um but yeah i think like the life is beautiful now um the Vegas thing didn't work out they had that a year or two and i, I think they lost a bunch of money on that but then they uh life is beautiful started up and uh, they've had that the neon reverb which is kind of a more it's a little more low key it's not uh-huh. the big but they have a lot of uh, indie bands come through and that's a real cool um that's a real cool thing that they put together. They kinda of let the mix the local natives in with the you know, some of these uh national kind of Indiacs. That's real. Cool. Uh, yeah, it is cool. And and I, I do I do think the the scene is is really cool at the moment, uh better probably than it's ever been, just because of the uh restoration of downtown and things like that. You know, downtown used to be no one went down there, you know, mm-hmm. because it was just it's you know, like any other downtown. At most cities, it's a little more, you know, run down, Yeah, you know, street walkers. <laughs> and yeah, it is very seedy. And, uh, you know, the, they, they've cleaned it up a lot. They put a lot of money into it downtown. And now that's that the art scene has always kind of been down there and, and it's gotten a lot bigger and a lot yeah, stronger. So yeah. so it, downtown is actually it, it is the, the hot spot that is where everyone goes now. Yeah, I, feel, you know, I definitely
0: recommend even if you're just making a trip out to Vegas. Down, uh, down I think downtown is way more fun than the street it is <laughs> it
1: absolutely is it, it is and like I say I'm being from here I'm I couldn't be happier that they've kind of revived it and uh I mean the all that East Fremont stuff that they've put money into and all the bars they've opened up yeah uh, they, it's 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 been awesome for the for the music scene for for the arts you know what I mean what so. are some of
0: the big bars out there that that are good for rock music?
1: Uh well the local I think the hub out here definitely is the bunkhouse so if anyone is out here looking for f- to check out some cool Vegas bands that's definitely in the spot to go to and that's that's kind of been the the hub for quite some time for you know and they and they'll get you know national acts through there yeah. a lot of in- indie artists and and uh, bands on independent labels and things like that they'll they'll uh, book there but uh, the killers just played uh show at the uh i think it's a t-mobile arena that they just opened up out here oh okay you know a big stadium yeah and uh after the show they played the bunkhouse <laughs> you know which is a hole in the wall
0: oh that's pretty neat
1: which is really a neat little yeah local show. yeah yeah so it was, it was really neat and i think they said like four thousand people showed up that knew about it that were wow. local <laughs> and i think they can only let in maybe a thousand people <laughs> you know it's, it's it's a little hole in the wall bar and it's it's got a great sound system though, and uh, it's just one of those spots that everybody kind of knows about out here. So, yeah. so yeah, that, that's that's definitely the place I'd go to if I wanted to hear some music. Uh, there's a couple, a lot of cool bars to go drink at though. Yeah, you know? definitely. I Comer- went to the the
0: Griffin out there. Just I'm, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Cool spot. The Grif-
1: Griffin's a cool spot. The Beauty Bar is is uh, it's has its moments. It's cool. They 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 uh, book bands there. Um, touring bands and things like that. So everything
0: on that East, East
1: Fremont, that strip there is, uh, is pretty cool. So.
0: Let's talk about the music video a little bit. You guys did one for Naked City Colt. Uh, was, was there a reason you picked that song in particular or, and how did the collaboration with Ryan McPherson come about? Uh, You
1: know, what's funny is we gave Ryan like three different songs that we were like, these are three that we, would like to yeah you know three ideas three different songs that, and that wasn't really our first choice it was one of the three but it wasn't the one that we thought we uh uh-huh. and uh he was so dead set on doing that song he was like man i just I have all these ideas and you know he really wanted to do that so we were like let's do it man so he 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 had all that all those ideas for that video basically that was his idea to do the truck and and uh you know wrote that whole little um, a little
0: screenplay, I guess report, for yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was all Ryan's idea. And, um, did you guys he, know him
0: as a, as a friend or did he approach you or how did that all come? about? I think
1: we approached him actually. Okay. We'd, we'd saw a couple things that he had done and, uh, he's done some things in the past. I don't know if I should, I don't know what he wants his name out there to be associated <laughs> <laughs> with. I don't, I mean, you can say whatever you yeah, want, yeah. but, but, uh, he's had some success in the past with other things. And, uh, and uh, he's honestly like the coolest guy, nicest guy you'd ever meet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and a funny guy. So, but cool guy got together, creative dude, and you know, and uh, had these ideas, and went. He basically hooked us up, you know. He 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 put a lot of his own money and time into it, and yeah. did us a solid. And uh, we went. I think we shot it. It was two days to shoot. Nice. Uh, we did some stuff in there in his studio, which is. Uh here on our side of town and then we went out uh, to the desert and did two other location type things so and uh, he did a good job man he's talented guy
0: do you guys have any surprises or things that you learned while doing a video I don't know if you guys ever shot videos before for no songs. we haven't I mean other than just
1: doing you know no not on that kind of level, know level. Mm-hmm. no no it was uh, it was a cool experience I don't have anything bad to say about yeah. it
0: I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Nothing stands out that was crazy that happened. Uh, <laughs> Just not really. Other than,
1: other than the first truck we took out there broke down. Oh, yeah. So, nice. Yeah, we had to, we had to, they had to get another like semi out there. Yeah. That so, yeah, was a cool truck. <laughs> yeah. It got I'll definitely we definitely link that video up. We took it to a dry lake bed out here that's kind of out towards, when you're heading out towards, towards LA. Mm hmm um, from out here, there's a dry lake bed and it had just rained like oh, wow. monsoon season out here at that time. And so there was a, there was a lot of mud and stuff out there. And I think most of it had dried up, but, uh, the guy that they had a truck driver out there, he, he, uh, somehow found the only mud patch out there and got <laughs> stuck that <thing>. it right <laughs> <in it. laughs> yeah, he got that fucking thing stuck pretty damn good. And we, I think we were out there for a few hours, like right off the bat. Oh we, man. They, but uh, that was the only yeah. that was the only uh, kind of mishap that happened. Everything else was pretty cool.
0: That's kind of the rule of film sets. Anything that can yeah. go wrong will definitely go wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> always takes longer than you think. But, cool. Uh, do you guys have anything planned for the next album? I know I keep seeing little things you're posting here and there on Facebook about recording different, you know, bass line or guitar tracks and.
1: Yeah, uh, you know the thing with the album is that I mean, look, we all we should have put an album out long, long ago, another album. But, uh, we had a few setbacks. Like we had my, our studio was at my old house and, uh, I was forced to kind of move from our old spot. So I was kind of in limbo for a while and, uh, I ended up buying a house, uh, in a different part of town. And, uh, I, I wanted to do that again. I wanted to have that experience where we did it from home and had that same creative uh-huh. vibe, you know what I mean? So we kind of just played shows and did our thing and wrote. And then when we, when I got this, uh, my new place, we, we did the same thing. We built the studio, soundproofed it and did all that stuff and then started doing that again. But halfway through that, we had another setback, which is a good setback, but, uh, uh a producer out here approached us and was like hey you know we want to do a few songs with you guys see how it works and a cool guy that we respect and um so that put another halt on everything because now you know yeah we obviously wanted to take advantage of that Mm -hmm. um being his track record and, and who he is and things like that and uh so that's where we're at now. We're recording in a bit in a much, much larger studio. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and we're only doing three songs with him, but, uh, we're, you know, we're doing the whole demo thing. And I think, uh, it could turn into a shopping type thing, oh, and, great. which is something that we really weren't looking for. Honestly. I mean, it's something that everybody wants. I'm not, you know, if you're, if you're saying you don't want that, then I feel like yeah, you're, exactly. you're being untruthful, you know, cause everybody wants their music out there.
0: But you weren't trying and, to force it at the time.
1: No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. We were just like, let's put out another album, put it, like I said, put it, a lot of work into it and put something that's worthwhile, you know, uh, out. And, uh, now it's kind of taken this path, so we'll see where it goes. Man, it's, cool. it's been really, really cool. And it's like what what's happened so far in, in their studio is is come out better than I could ever imagine. So I'm really looking forward to kind of see what happens there. So a full album, I don't know when that's coming out. Now, <laughs> yeah, <You laughs> do you know have an I mean? idea
0: of uh when, when these songs will be released at all, or it's is like, it kind you of you know, all what up in I here? don't,
1: man? I, I, there, it's everything's long overdue. We're probably <laughs> gonna be right. now, you know, we're probably gonna be a thing in the past by the time it comes out, but um. We've even thought about releasing like our own uh, EP or something on the side. Yeah. Uh, aside from these songs, because now these songs have kind of become a part of uh, these other people working with us. You know what I mean? And uh, to release them wouldn't be very smart and, yeah, exactly. on our part. So we kind of, we're, we're, we're uh, we've thought about actually doing something like that. So that, that could be a possibility. Very cool. Um,
0: do you guys have any side projects or are you guys kind of just focused on? on the dirty hooks right now.
1: No, no, this is it, man. I think with life and everything else, Yeah, I got too many things going on. (laughs) Yeah, this is it, man. This is when we have time to do this, this is where we're at. So we're, we're trying to do this and you get play. you get asked to play every, every week, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, that's great though. (laughs) But it is great. It is great. And, and, and we try to, you know, we try to be a little, um, picky and choosy about what we do play, you know? And, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, you know, there's a charity show for my cat next week and <laughs> like, well... you don't want to be an asshole, but like, yeah. you don't want to play on a Wednesday night at, you know, at, at midnight for something across town. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> um, we try to play with our friends and bands that we look up to out here, you know, and, and, uh, and just make things interesting, man. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there are some really good bands out here, so...
0: Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I have a couple more just kind of like fun, uh, interesting questions and ask you, Absolutely. Um, uh, don't just worries. one of them is, do you have a favorite part of making music, like the writing versus the recording or the performing? I mean, what's, what kind of gets you off the most, I guess.
1: I think most people, well, from my experience, I think most people get off the most from playing live Yeah. and, uh, I think it's a toss up between recording. I love recording, man. I love being in the studio. I love being, you know, to be able to layer and, and, uh, and create is almost, almost funner to be honest. Uh, You know what I mean? Like shows are always fun and it's always fun to, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother gig when you're out there and performing and,
0: and yeah, uh, you get that adrenaline rush you do yeah
1: you yeah. do it's awesome it's awesome but like i say i i almost have just much if not more fun um writing and, and recording in the studio it's that's uh it's always been uh one of my favorite things to yeah. do so.
0: so you get that sense of satisfaction from you know actually putting something together and getting it out there yeah and putting it into the world so.
1: <laughs> yeah the creative process is is is, is really fun so
0: yeah What's your work work life art balance like? I mean, what what do you do for a day job, and how do you oh, kind of man. fit in your music with the family and everything? I mean,
1: <laughs> it's hard, man. It really is hard, especially because I'm uh, I work for the power company
0: out here, so I'm actually. Uh, Are you a lineman? Work-
1: I am I'm okay. an apprentice. Line. I'm an apprentice right now, nice. so I'm in, my, I'm in my final year. So I think I saw
0: some pictures of you climbing some. Yeah, giant yeah. Telephone and a lot pole. of people
1: don't. <laughs> a lot of people don't know what that is. You know, You're like oh, you play football, and I'm like, no, <laughs> man, I'm <laughs> I'm too thin to play football. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we work on high voltage and we climb the poles and do that stuff. And it's a, it's a really proud trade. Yeah. And it's something that's that's a big part of my life too, which I'm I am very proud of. But it does take up a lot of my time uh and i like i say having uh, a family and having that um it does take away from from music, but you know if you love it enough and you believe in it enough then you know you're gonna find time to do that type of stuff so yeah. and I, i'm you know I'm one of those people that feel like you know you should do what what you love doing until you can't do it anymore you know like my dad he he's played baseball his whole life he still plays he's almost six years old he he flies out of town and plays tournaments and oh, things wow. like that and and uh i'll do this as long as i can and i'll create as long as i can and hopefully put stuff out that people dig and i mean there's all kind of bands that you know being a music lover and i'm sure you you know you you go buy records and things like that yeah. and you find bands that from the 60s that you've never you know or '70s whatever. And you're like, man, I've never even heard of these guys. And it's just like one of your favorite albums.
0: Yeah. Discover so, those little gems.
1: Yeah. So, so just knowing that it's out there in the universe floating around and that some kid might hear that and dig that and that might, you might be his influence and, you know, yeah, and, uh, kind of that whole full circle thing is really cool to me. Uh, and just hopefully contributing something artistic, you know, to the world other than just, you know playing some, you know, shitty riffs at a, at a, <laughs> at a, at a, at a, you know, dive bar somewhere,
0: you know? Yeah. I mean, was it something, was it a conscious choice that you made when you uh, started playing out that you wanted to do original music versus, you know, get stuck in the cover band hole?
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's one of the things, man, where I'm not bagging on anybody that, yeah. that, that plays covers. Cause we know, obviously we have a lot of friends that do that, especially, you know there's bands that have got deals and and things that didn't you know were shelved and didn't really work out for them and they were supposed to be rock stars kind of you know yeah. and i think that's the path they kind of took well now they're in the cover band scene and in uh you know they're playing for money and that's their you know no disrespect to anybody yeah, how they how they make a living you know what i mean but I kind of feel once you cross the once you go over the dark side it's yeah, <laughs> you it's know tough not to come back. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just not my thing, man. Yeah. It's not like I said I'm not bagging on anyone for how they make their living, but I feel like there's that uh you know, it's you kind of get trapped. There's there's a lot of bands that kind of put out an original act after that and it sounds a little too lounge lizardy, yeah, you know, yeah. just like I don't know, man, you know the dark side got a little too yeah. long <laughs> yeah I, i'd rather you know i'd rather be uh you know i'd rather work blue collar and just yeah. make money you know keep those two things separate mm-hmm. keep my keep the art separate from what i have to do to make a living you know what i'm saying that way it's it's all yeah. love and it's all from the heart and it's all you yeah know, because something. you'd
0: burn yourself out if you were just playing from you know covers for money and then trying to do something yeah. original
1: Right. Exactly. So, and I might, bl- I might blow my head off. I have to play like a hundred Michael McDonald songs, you know, every, every, couldn't live with yourself every Saturday night. You know what I mean, no, no disrespect to Michael McDonald, but,
0: uh, that's funny. Uh, what, what are some of your big musical influences right now? Is there anyone that's kind of been blowing your mind in the last couple of years? Or...
1: Uh man, I, I've always find myself buying old shit, dude, yeah. to be honest. But <laughs> as far as contemporary bands like uh, that are on the radio, I'd really dig this band Hound, Hound's Houndmouth. Have you ever heard of them? I don't think I have, no. They're pretty cool, man. I, I feel like they've kind of got a like an indie um, kind of folk sound, I guess. But uh there you can definitely tell that they're influenced by like the band and yeah. Bob Dylan and things, which are things that we're hugely influenced by and uh so i kind of dig that band The alabama shakes love that band as far as a contemporary oh, band yeah. yeah they're good i like them um anything jack white does is pretty it's always pretty epic pretty <laughs> pretty badass but the last album i bought uh or albums were i bought a bunch of violent femme stuff recently so oh, okay cool i always yeah. kind of end
0: up buying old shit seems like when i'm
1: looking for music but those
0: are some good ones <laughs> yeah do you have any like rituals or habits to kind of keep yourself in the game musically? I mean, do you still practice your scales or do anything like that? Or I mean, are you you just kind of so focused on um, practicing with the band and creating new music? That's kind you of you know
1: what way. I you know I mean I got a hundred guitars around my house. All of us, <laughs> we all do. So I think, and even Janine's got her set up at her house. She's yeah. got a drum kit and keys, and so we all kind of I think since we're we live we're not real close to one another as far as where we, we stay. We all kind of have like our own little home studio. You know what I mean? So Anthony's usually sending me little sound bits over the phone, messaging me stuff and things like that. And yeah, there's a lot of that going on over here. You know what I mean? The, Hey, check this out, man. And, and vice versa. So, uh, usually other than picking up a guitar and like kind of working stuff, working on little parts, Um, that's the only ritual just kind of when I feel like picking something up and, and messing. with, otherwise it's just getting everybody together and like really trying to figure out, uh, you know, parts and dynamics, things like that. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you get like little musical riffs in your head that you jump on the guitar and sit down and play? Or is it more of like, while you have the guitar in your hands, things kind of come out?
1: Uh, no, it's, it is like that. I'm kind of a scatterbrain there's yeah. a lot of yeah there's a lot of that man a lot of times it's that stuff kind of happens when I'm like driving or you're <laughs> somewhere else where there is no guitar you know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like kind of singing to your voicemail type uh-huh. shit like that and then you come home and then
0: figure it out you, know, you come home
1: after work yeah and then you start <laughs> you jamming in the studio or something figuring things like that mostly honestly before even riffs it's mostly just like a vocal thing or like you know, yeah, some yeah. idea yeah, that's that's more times than none. That's what it is. But
0: do you have any like favorite uh, books or films or any other kind of art that you're kind of into right now that you've been recommending people?
1: As far as films, I don't know. I uh, I saw The Jungle Book lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how was it? I didn't see it. Yet. I was bummed out. Really? <laughs> it's definitely not the same bare
0: necessities yeah. as the old oh, one. Man, you know that was a good Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nah, uh, Hateful Eight, I like all the Quentin Tarantino's awesome. I like all his shit. Uh, um, You know, I don't know. As far as stuff that just came out, I don't You
0: know. No, that's cool. Do you have any kind of final advice for anyone that's, you know, maybe a singer, songwriter, musician that's, you know, wants to pursue their art and uh, maybe some of the pitfalls that they could avoid or some things that you kind of learned over the years? or mistakes that maybe you see, uh, up and coming?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that
0: there's a lot of,
1: I think there's a lot of people in the music industry that are, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that kind of have bogus type. Um, I don't know what you'd want to call it, whatever their profession they claim is. Like it's a lot of product placement and (laughs) people that are like, Hey man, if you send me five hundred dollars you know we'll get you on all this college radio and uh we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. do this and I, I feel like there's there's just thousands of people that make a living off of off of you know starving artists you know and that that's the only thing that kind of pisses me off about music because there's this whole just you know there's this quote that i have written up in our studio um it's uh you know Hunter S. Thompson. It's, it says music business is a cruel and shallow money trench. Yeah, you know a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free, <laughs> and good men and good men die like dogs. And then it says there's also a negative side. So it's and I think that's uh, a rad quote, and that's why I wrote that's really good. it on the wall because it's very true. Uh, there's just a lot of um, there's a lot of you know just just shady people out there that I think that you know. No. I, there's a lot of bullshit, especially with the uh, social media and things like that. Hey man, send us money and, and yeah. we can get you here. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's still, if you can just avoid shit like that and just avoid the, you know, people, there's people out there that pay for, um, you know, YouTube likes and plays like, Oh, if you give us a thousand dollars, we can give you a hundred thousand YouTube hits, like all that kind of yeah, bullshit, the marketing, you know, this, this BS. industry BS and, uh. I say, you know, if there's anything kind of like, you know, that I've learned in my old age uh, <laughs> of 37, I would say avoid all that shit, um, you know, and don't, don't, don't rely on things like that. Even that guy I told you I met a bartender who, you know, came out here. Yeah. Uh, he was talking about stuff like that, like, oh, we really need to get this and and get our social media on point and have someone regulate this and. Honestly, man, the only thing you can really do is write music, right? I mean, if you you just write the best, you just focus on writing good music. Make sure you have hooks, please. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, and and try to be as unique as you can, man. Like, that's all you can do. And you can hope, all you can do is hope that people will like it. And if they don't, if they don't, oh, well, you have to be ready to just kind of be, you have to be ready to accept that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. This, could, this could only go as far as my ears and a couple of my friends and that could be it. And you have to be willing to be happy with that. You know what I mean? Cause I think if you're expecting anything more than that, you're just going to be disappointed. Yeah. So just, you know, be the best artist you can be and the most creative person you can be and contribute the best, you know, piece of work you can. And if it's good, man, people are going to hear it, you know. They're going to find a way to you. They're going to they're going to hear it. People are going to share it with their friends and you know, that's that's that, dude. I don't think there's any gimmick or bullshit, you know, kind of quick way to fame and fortune. <laughs> you know, I really don't. And I, and I I know guys out here that should be famous. I really do. There's yeah. guys out here in Vegas that uh, there's a band called Black Camaro who I don't know if you're a fan of like MGMT or yeah. uh, modest mouse mm-hmm. or Ween, you
0: yeah. know those yeah, kind like of guys. Uh, the,
1: they're definitely in that vein, and they're just they're completely super creative guys, uh, and just they put out album after album. They put albums out, you know. They yeah. they're not just kind of throwing songs on the internet and blah blah blah. And to me, that's a band that should be touring and should be on an indie label, you know, or 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 a major label, even you know that. But they're just you know tom's an artist and brian and these guys they're all these these real great musicians i don't think they want any more than what they have already yeah got
0: you know what i mean happy with what they're doing
1: exactly and, and i think those are a good example like him uh, there's another guy out here stacy gearing who i think is a really he, really talented musician and artist painter you know out here and just known the guy for forever in the music scene and um these are guys I look up to, you know, yeah. and they're they're doing music for the right reason in my kind of eyes, you know what I mean? They're, they're putting it out there for people to enjoy. They put it out there because they dig it and they, it's their thing and they're original. They sound, they sound, they don't sound like anybody else. Yeah, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> those are the people that, that I look up to and I, like, I feel they're doing it the right way, mm-hmm. I guess. And if you kind of follow that model, I feel like, you know, if, if it's meant to be type that uh, enough people are going to discover you and, and share you and and it's going to happen. You yeah, know?
0: that's good advice. Yeah, I mean, a huge part of it is just luck, too. I mean, it comes down to yeah, timing no, and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. It's a
1: lottery. It's a lottery for the talented. Look at it that way. Yeah, you yeah. know
0: what I mean? You, you do have to have luck
1: involved if you're going to make a, a living as a musician, I feel. You know what I mean? There is a, a window that, you know, and uh, time and opportunity that you need to you know right place right time thing but also if you're a shitty band you're yeah that's not gonna you know. have. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not gonna have that yeah so. yeah
0: yeah and like, like you and the guys that you mentioned yeah, i think you're doing it right because uh you could you can still live your life and then do this on top of it and you know have a successful you know career as an artist just putting things out there you don't have to be a multi-millionaire everyone it'd be nice but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but,
1: hey. exactly and, and honestly, I mean that you're not going to get, um, you know, and I'm not an, I'm not like a music snob or an art snob or anything like that. Like I know, you know, I kind of have been like that in the past. like, Oh man, this band, oh, this band's horrible. I'd yeah. never listen to that. If you listen to these guys, then you're, you know, but I'm not like that. I try to be open-minded about like, you know, there's, there's good in everything and everybody's, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, you know, a demographic and a an audience for every type of music. But, um, you got these hipsters and people out there or music fans that might say that, you know, their favorite band sells out and they don't listen to them anymore, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, they you know, you always got that guy like, Oh, I like when they first came out, first album, this and that. But you know, once they went more, com- more and more commercial, yeah, that, that band is trying to, trying to eat and put out hits and they kind of lose the, you know, the hunger they had and the edge mm-hmm. they had. well, the bands I was talking about before, these local bands, I mean, and I'm sure every city has got, you know, guys like that. Um, there's nothing more honest, you know what I mean? Or, you know, th- than that, those type of bands, you know, really like, if you're looking for raw talent, it's really just like, their heart is 100% in it and not, you know, there's no producer or label. It's like, Hey, you know, you need to sound like, yeah, you know, this this band or that band because that's what's hot right now. There's no outside influence of of a producer or a label or anything that might kind of water that down. So, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That I think there's nothing more honest or or original or or valuable to someone that that really is looking for good music. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. There's there's and I'm sure every every scene's got you know. A handful of those cats, you know, that are just, that, that have no, no uh, intentions of, of contacting a label or playing a showcase, you know, they're just going to put their fucking yeah. records out and, you know, that's it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's probably what kills some of those bands that have, you know, one or two amazing albums. And then, you know, the, the fame combined with the influence of, you know, big producers and stuff, trying to get them to, to be more pop or whatever, you know, it can yeah just has a negative effect. <laughs> but, it's kind of that yeah. soft,
1: the sophomore jinx, you know, people mm-hmm. say that, you know, you got a band that's maybe been playing for a few years and they have all this material and this stuff that they've created from scratch. And then, you know, they, they get a producer, they put it together, put this great album out and then they have to kind of come up with another album full of hits. And, and, uh, you have a lot more of that studio influence and things. And, uh, sometimes it's probably good, but you know, I'm sure it's bad a lot of times, yeah, that, yeah. you know, you know, you need to sound like, uh, you know, Kesha anymore, you (laughs) know, (laughs) or I don't know, whoever.
0: Uh, Terrible. (laughs) But just to add kind of back when you were talking about the uh, paying for likes and hits, I actually know some people that have done this more in the film industry. Okay. And yeah, you might get uh, a ton of likes and hits, but most of them are just bots and, you know, people that are being paid to do it. So after that big rush of likes and you know follows or whatever, none of those people are actually gonna um, share it or you know like the next time around, or they just kind of become this dead weight <laughs> that's uh, attached, and it really doesn't doesn't push you forward. It's not worth. No,
1: it. No, it's BS, yeah. man, I and mean, it's just it's there's a lot of that phony shit, you know. It, it's and I don't think it's I think it's always kind of been that way. Yeah, like, mu- music industry wise, I mean, there's always been the payola where mm. you, you slip the old DJ. Uh, you know, a couple hundred dollar bills, and they they spin your band's track. You know, back in the day. Yeah. And and uh, I think it's just a different form of media. You know, yeah, it's exactly. just a different. It's technology, so that's just a different way for, you know, people to get ahead and labels and and things to do what they think they have to do, to get their artists out yeah. there. And oh, if if they got a million hits on your video, then everybody's going to think you're legit and shit like that. You know, that's why. You know, like the bands we were talking about, yeah. and punk punk acts and things like that. that just don't care. That's kind of we we you know gravitate more towards people like that. Seems like
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah just make great great work and keep going.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and I, no disrespect to any band that's on a major label. I think my favorite. Oh yeah. I mean, I'd say ninety percent of the influences that I listen to are all bands on major labels or any in, big indie labels. And you know, I'm not saying that uh, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that there's a lot of you know, bands that might fall into, you know, things like that that to water, water them down and kind of, you know, I mean, that's the
0: kind of the beauty of of today. You don't need a label, a big label to, to write and record your own music and get it out there. And even if you don't get huge, you're still leaving this legacy that people can find later on.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think, yeah, before you never had that, you know, you couldn't do that. You had to have uh, the help of a record label and, you know, no one's putting a record out on their own. You know, back in the '60s or '70s, yeah. you, know, you need you needed
0: that help. Yeah, it just know? wasn't possible
1: then. It wasn't. So that is that is uh, one of the one of the pros of you know all the media and, and things that we have access to now. Pro tools.
0: Well, man, this this has been really great talking to you. Uh, I don't want to keep you any longer. But uh, do you have do you have places that people can find you online? Maybe you personally, and then the uh, the band, the Dirty Hooks. What are the, some of the best places for them to? look you up yeah I'm not
1: hiding anywhere man I'm on Facebook
0: you know I'm mm-hmm. just uh, <laughs> I'm
1: Bobby McCall on Facebook right there uh, Las Vegas but uh, Dirty Hooks we got our, our Facebook page we got our website um, you know um, you can get a hold of any of us if you're a musician or if anybody wants to you know has any anything they want to know about out here in the scene or you know art wise you know hit us up let us know and we'll be doing our thing out here man hopefully putting out some more music here really soon and man. and doing it for a long time
0: awesome man well yeah I, i'm definitely looking forward to the new music so as soon as uh, as soon as you know anything post it to your hungry fans out there on <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well i appreciate it man i appreciate you calling you know
0: showing interest in us and being cool
1: to us you know in the past and everything so definitely man
0: well thank you and uh Hopefully uh, we'll have another talk sometime in the future, maybe after the new release of the next album.
1: Okay. Right, Sounds man. good. <laughs> Take care. All right, John. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. You can follow me, John Jerko, at John Jerko on Twitter and Instagram and find out more about Odyssey & News, including the show notes for each episode at odysseyandnews.com. We now have a separate Odyssey & News Instagram feed where we'll be posting audio teasers for each episode along with photos from our guests. On the website, I'm including three to five takeaways for each episode, so you can get some value out of what we covered at a glance. Remember, you can find us on all of your favorite platforms like SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Folks, we spend hours every week preparing for the show, editing interviews, and putting together bonus content for you to enjoy. If you like what we're doing, we would love your support. You can now donate a small amount to us one time or monthly by going to the website and clicking donate. Even a couple dollars goes a long way pay for a coffee that keeps us sane for the week or keep our web hosting bills paid up most importantly please take a couple of minutes to go to itunes to subscribe and rate the show it's the only way the show gets noticed in this world of never-ending content thank you again for listening and until next time follow your true north